Would you turn with me to Revelation, the 13th chapter? And I have been speaking to you about uh, <clears throat> the uh, Antichrist, the last days, and the coming of Antichrist, the first beast, if I might say this, the first beast of Revelation 13 is the Antichrist, and the second beast of Revelation 13 is the false prophet. Just so that we have, when I use the terminologies, you will see how they fit in. But I had thought in, in discussing this, uh, as we start that verse in the, the 13th uh, of uh, Revelation, it says, and I stood, but all of the translators and all of the men who have studied this very carefully believe the word here is actually in the Greek, and he stood. And it has reference to the dragon who is mentioned in the latter part of chapter 12 of Revelation. That the dragon stood, Satan stood, upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. And then it goes on to describe this one. That this is Satan's great counterfeit now that he's going to raise up, who is going to look like a Christ. That's why we call him Antichrist. He's going to be much like Christ in many of his ways in many of the things that he does. And the world is ready, if I might say, for a great ruler to come. I listened the other day to the radio, and uh, I couldn't help but notice that uh, the head of the Harvard Law School was speaking. And here's the, the statement that he made. He said, if this nation continues in its absolute lawlessness and refuses to obey the law, there will be a dictator in the United States within five years. Now the world is looking for someone to come along who will undertake to bring peace, if I might say. And this, this false one, this counterfeit one who's coming, will be received by the world. And it will be an unholy trinity, if I might say. Satan is going to duplicate God's great work. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Ghost. Satan is going to have a divine trinity. Satan as father, Antichrist as son, and the false prophet pointing to the son like the Holy Ghost does to Jesus. It tells you in Revelation 13, he will point to the Antichrist and cause all the world to worship him. Imagine, they're going to be fooled. 2 Thessalonians 2 tells us that God is going to give the world a strong, what, delusion 
that they should believe a lie. And that lie is coming. So there's the unholy trinity, and the amazing thing is that he is going to try to accomplish in the same period of time as Jesus did in his ministry. Jesus' ministry lasted about three and a half years. And the 40 and two months that the Antichrist is to be the one worshipped in this world is exactly three and one half years. Duplication, you see. So that the world is looking for someone right now. We are in chaotic conditions. I don't think I have to tell you this. You men who are in business, you mothers who have to buy things, whatever it is, I, I don't think uh, right now that uh, Vietnam is as terrible as it is. I think that President Nixon has other problems that are going to be very dreadful by the time election comes. I think some of those problems are going to be great economic distress throughout the world. You can see it approaching. Have you noticed that they've been able to put no cap on the top of inflation? They've been trying every month it goes up and up and up and up. Nobody knows how wild inflation come, can become unless they happen to come here from Germany this morning, maybe in the last world war. First World War and the terrible inflation. But conditions are going to get worse and worse and worse. But I thought it would be well, since I am talking about these, if I had a little to say about Satan himself. Because I'm afraid in this day we're living in that there is a, an inclination, and there has been down through the centuries, if I could say this, to place Satan in the position of, well, I hate to say this, but even Christians, I don't know how much you Christians really believe that there is a Satan. And I want to tell you something. If you don't believe there's a Satan, you're not saved because you never needed a Savior. I tell you, evil did not come into this world through God. Evil and sin, the great mystery of it, came into the world through Satan. And if you don't believe in Satan, then you don't believe there's any sin. You don't believe that sin came into the world and God has told us thus through him. And we have to be very careful. It's so easy to say, you know, Jesus says, you believe in me because you see me. How much more blessed will they be who will not see me and yet believe? You believe in Jesus, though you cannot see him physically. You believe in God, who is a spirit. You cannot see him. Then why, except you have a strong delusion of mind which Satan himself would inspire in us. He is the great deceiver. Remember this. Why then do you not believe in Satan except he has duped you? And you do not realize that when the Scripture says he goes about like a roaring lion devouring whom he will, he's not speaking about the world. I don't worry about the people outside who show Satan 
dressed in red tights with a horns on his head and a pitchfork in his hand and a tail. That's for the world. But that's not for believers. If you are a believer in Christ, you believe in Satan. And you know that his warfare against your soul is tremendous. <clears throat> you have been conscious of it. When you became a Christian, you took on a terrible foe. Before you were a Christian, you weren't worried about Satan. He had you in his hand. All that is in the world Remember, it's not of God, it says. The love of the world is not of God. Jesus calls Satan in John 12 and 14 the prince of this world. Not the king, but the prince of this world. If you deny Satan, you deny the temptation of Jesus when he was tempted. Of who? Of Satan. And the Word of God makes clear, let me read just this quickly to you. You don't have to turn to it. 1 John 3, 8. Now notice what it says. For this purpose, and boy, I underlined that. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Why? That he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. He came to redeem your soul and to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he's manifested. And so when I hear people, you know, lightly use the terminologies about Satan as consider him nothing, I say the Christian who says that is in Satan's bellywick and under his control and doesn't know it. Because if there's one delusion Satan wants to give to the human heart that's redeemed, it is that he doesn't exist or he won't bother you. I assure you, anyone here who really loves the Lord Jesus Christ has known the power of Satan. We took on a tremendous, tremendous adversary. Did you know that that's the meaning of the word Satan? Adversary. That's the meaning of the word. He wasn't called Satan from the beginning. But we took on a tremendous adversary. Satan equals adversary. And we, before we were redeemed, we had the war with the world and with our own flesh and our wicked hearts, but the minute we came to Jesus Christ and accepted him as personal Savior, we received the Holy Spirit of God and the warfare which was Christ's became ours. Because the minute we received the Spirit, that Spirit was in conflict with Satan. 
and Satan would war against the saints of God. Now in reference to him, there's a very gullible world around us, very gullible, and he wants to convince them that he is God of this world permanently. He's called God of this world. But he wants to convince them that he is God of this world permanently. After all, did not God design him to be the master of the world? Why, of course he did. Did he not create him? And did not our Savior call him the God of this world and the prince of this world? The prince of the powers of the air? What is Jesus speaking about? Very simple. He's saying to us, he is the prince of this world. He is the motivator of governments. By and large. He is the God of this world. He is the instigator and motivator of most religious systems without the system knowing it. He is the prince of the powers of the air. He is the one who is the ruler over the fallen angelic creation who fell with him in those pre-Adamic days before this world ever knew man or anything else, there was with God this crown prince of his creation, this intelligence which was second only unto himself. Remember, there is only one mightier power in the universe than Satan, and that is our God and the Holy Ghost and Jesus Christ. What does Jesus say? Greater is he that dwells in you than he that is in the world. You see what he wants to tell us? He says, I want you to see now what's happening. He says, I'm giving you a power so you can beat this terrible spiritual adversary. Remember, the meaning of the word Satan is adversary. And so this tremendous conflict has been set up. And he is the instigator of all the worldly systems. Look at the governments of the world. Here and there, some king comes along or some monarch who for a while leads the world along or leads his nation along in somewhat of a peaceful venture. Then the next monarch comes in and turns the whole thing upside down. And that nation is plunged into conflicts and wars. Satan is the instigator of worldly government systems. He is the prince of what? This world. He is, the, he is the God of this world. Notice the different terminology. He's the God of this world. He's the instigator of the religious systems of the world. Why do you think Jesus says, Fear not, tiny flock. It is your Father's will to give you the kingdom because the vast world systems, including the vast Baptist church, which is the largest Protestant denomination in the United States, the vast world systems are not collectively part of the body of Jesus Christ. The body of Jesus Christ is 
composed only of those who have an absolute, solid heart faith in Jesus as personal Savior and have trusted in the blood to cleanse them from sin and know it with all their hearts and have not one bit of doubts that they're redeemed. Man, I have to bring this home to your hearts. Don't you ever doubt that salvation? If you do, you bring desperate to the Son of God. And as Hebrews says, you make the blood of the covenant as an unholy thing, trodden underfoot by men. And God says if you take that attitude toward it, the judgment will fall upon you because you've made the blood of the covenant an unholy thing. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so he's the God of this world. I hate to tell you, but he's the God of the Baptist church. He's the God of the Methodist church. He's the God of the Catholic church. Now, I'm talking of organizations. I'm not talking at all about individual people. Just as I would say here at Franklin Avenue Baptist, <clears throat> only those who really know their Savior. You could sit in this pew from now to doomsday, and I could be up here proclaiming the glorious gospel of the Son of God and the blood that cleanses from sin. But until you personally receive Him, whether you're young or old, and it's not a matter of families, it's a matter of individual faith. And as I say that, your heart responds to me because the Scripture is clear that the same Spirit that dwells in me bears witness to your Spirit and you know that you are the sons of God. Now, isn't that great? Man, when I preach, you don't have any doubts about what I'm preaching. You'll never have any doubts that I believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the Savior of the world and the only one that can redeem your soul. You know this with all your breast. And you either have to say, yes, pastor, I believe it with you, or you have to deny it. You have to take your choice. Jesus says, you are either for me or you are against me. You cannot walk the middle road. He that is not for me is against me. So the beloved, when I talk to you about Satan, it's only that you might understand the great power of this man who's going to inspire, who's going to indwell the hearts of Antichrist and the false prophet. And they're going to do miracles upon the earth. Bring fire down from heaven. Mighty works. And unless, beloved, we understand who Satan is, we will never understand what this great cosmic conflict is. You and I are the pawns in the conflict. I'm glad, Father, that I was a pawn and you redeemed me. You redeemed me in the blood. All the world of men are pawns. The whole world is a stage and all the people are actors. And up in the heavens are the two great spiritual bodies, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And this one whom God created, second unto himself only, and made him head of all the angelic creation, Lucifer. Ah, 
That was his name. His name never became Satan and never became the dragon and never became the devil until he came into conflict with man. To God he was Lucifer. You know what Lucifer means? Son of the morning. Son of the morning. Created by God and the angelic creation. And he was the crown prince. And he was to bring all of the worship of the angels to God. The God who created him. And God made the angelic creation, and they live forever. No angel has ever died. No angel can die. It's impossible for an angel to die. When God formed them, he made them eternal. When Satan, in Revelation 19 and 20, and the false prophet, and the Antichrist are cast into the lake of fire, it says they are cast alive into the lake of fire. And after 1,000 years, after the Antichrist and the false prophet have been cast into the lake of fire, in the thousand-year reign of Christ, and then when Jesus returns in power, he casts Satan into the lake of fire finally, and it says where the beast and the false prophet are and are being punished. They are alive. How do you know that? Hebrews makes it clear. Hebrews says Jesus Christ was made a little lower than the angels. Why? For the suffering of death. Angels cannot die. And so Jesus was made a little lower than the angels to suffer death upon a cross and redeem our souls. May I just, may I just read to you a portion over in Isaiah 14. You can turn with me if you like. Here is the history of Lucifer, the son of the morning. Lucifer has a Latin derivative. It means light bearer. In the Hebrew, it's Hillel, bright or shining one. This is Lucifer now. This is the one who became Satan, you see. This is the one who became the dragon. This is the one who became the serpent that deceived Adam and Eve, you see. But this is before all creation. So he's the bright or shining one. The name serpent in Genesis is Nakash. And the translation of Nakash is bright or shining one. When you say serpent, you think of a snake. But the word is Nakash, which is bright and shining one that God is speaking about. And it's a little difficult for us to quite grasp what happens here. Don't look at your Bible for just a minute. It's a little difficult because 
bringing these things together, the names Nakash, Hillel in the Hebrew, and the Latin derivative, we find that Satan is called the bright and morning star. And Jesus Christ in Revelation is called the bright and morning star. In other words, when God made him and fashioned him, and remember, he was not the seed of God like Jesus. He was a creation of God. God made him the bright and the morning star. That's how he was made. But God also gave him a free will. He could choose. When Jesus was born, he was born of the Virgin Mary, but he was the sinless one. In him there was no sin. His body formed in the body of Mary, but the Holy Ghost came upon Mary and she brought forth Jesus, her firstborn son, and he was the beauty of perfection. In him they could find no sin. But in Lucifer, the bright and morning star, God made free will. He could have had fellowship with God. He had access to the earth. He had access to the heavens. If we go by the scriptures, it would seem as though the entire universe was given to him to enjoy the stars and every area and the angelic creation which God made formed. And much like Adam in that pristine creation, Adam had fellowship with God perfect fellowship in a glorious garden, Edenic garden, and yet with all that, God gave him free will, and this one who was Lucifer had long since fallen, and now was the arch enemy of God. Remember, he became the arch enemy of God, second in intelligence, brilliant. He knows your weakness and my weakness like nobody else. He knows the points to touch us at. He is not omniscient nor omnipresent, but he has his legions, and they filter out like the very fibrils of his mind, reaching out and touching the lives of saints and dragging them down into deep and unholy sin so that they're useless to God. That's all he wants to do. He wants to convince you he doesn't exist and then bring you through the flesh, through the mind, through the imaginations, away from God. And any man knows what his imaginations can do, what his flesh can do to drag him away from God and to make him the lackey, the lackey of Satan. But notice what Isaiah 14 had to say about Lucifer. Isaiah 14, 12. Here's the whole story. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground? Notice, which didst weaken the nation. Imagine one man, one spiritual power weakening the nation. 
For thou hast said in thine heart, notice what he said, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and what I will be, what, like the Most High. What did I say that this dictator will do who will come? He'll be like the Most High. Revelation tells us and Daniel tells us that it will be the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel a prophet. And he will set himself up in the temple of God as what? God! And all the tribes and nations of earth, what will they do? They will worship him. I'm glad I'm not going to be here. Oh, boy, I tell you. Aren't you glad you won't be here when that happens? That before that happens, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the clouds in the air and then shall we ever be with the Lord. And I want to tell you, then the prince of the powers of the air will be finally defeated. You know, it's never bothered me in the least when it says I'm going to be caught up together with the saints and meet the Lord's in the cloud in the air. Some people say, how are you going to meet him up in the air? We're speaking spiritual things and the power of the resurrection. We're speaking mighty things only understandable to the mind of the Spirit. The man or woman or the boy or girl who's here this morning who says hodgepodge doesn't know Jesus. Because the minute he knows Christ, the minute the collegian knows Christ, the minute the high school student knows Christ, the minute anyone knows Christ as personal Savior, all things are possible to him who loves us. Nothing is impossible to God. And the power of the resurrection is the power that God has put in my breast through the Holy Spirit so that I know by the Spirit of God that dwells in me that one day he's going to clothe my immortal spirit on with a body fashioned like unto his glorious body and it will transcend all the laws of gravity and everything else. And I'm going to see this universe someday because God says he's going to display me in Romans 8. He says, I'll make known to all the worlds what I have done through my Son when I redeemed you unto myself. And so I'm going to be one of his display pieces. I hope you are too, as sons of God. The whole creation, it says, is going to rejoice at seeing the sons of God. It says the whole creation is groaning together and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. All creation is waiting. All of the briars, all of the thorns, all of the weeds, all of the corruption, all waiting, all of the terrible conditions of ecology today are waiting and waiting and waiting what for the day when Jesus returns and then the very atmosphere is pure because he's the light thereof and the sun thereof and all is light and joy and peace and as the scripture says and as I've said before and the fruit trees will bear fruit 12 times a year oh what ecology here eh? What glory? Have you really conceived of it? Have you, have you drunk it in? 
You see, do you really thrill with all your heart? <coughs> Who knows which of us is going to see Jesus first, huh? You don't know, I don't know, do you? I see my light is permanent. They even stop flashing it now. For those of you who don't know, there's a red light here that flashes, goes permanent, does all kinds of things to tell me, take it a little bit easy, will you? That's what it's saying to me all the time. But, you know, isn't it wonderful to know that you and I, who really love Jesus, like we read that first portion there in Thessalonians, we're going, first, uh, first Thessalonians tells us, we're going to escape the wrath which is to come. All these terrible trials that are coming upon this world. And, beloved, I can't help but believe that Jesus is coming shortly. I, it could be today. I get so when I read the papers or listen to television, I'm saying in my heart, Lord, how long, how long, how long? You know, how long can it be? Wickedness is rife. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the Son of Man. Wickedness was rife. As it was in the days of Lot, so it shall be in the day of the Son of Man. Wickedness shall increase and the church shall grow cold, Jesus says. But I want to tell you something. If you listen to my preaching, you won't get cold. You'll get warm and what's more, you'll not be lukewarm. Because Jesus says, I would that you were cold or hot. But I don't want you to be lukewarm because he said, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Jesus only has one place, and that's to be a passionate Christian filled with the passions of Jesus. Now listen, mother, dad, young person, I don't know where you're from, but I'm thrilled when I see all that I see today. I'm thrilled with young people who have a concern but I want them to get that concern so solid in their hearts for Jesus, 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 power, Holy Spirit power to come into their breast that they may have visions and dream dreams like Joel speaks of in these last days. <laughs> Notice what it said there, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms, that made the world like a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof? That's what Revelation says, and every city fell to the ground. And open not the house of his prisoners. Well, I want to tell you, if you're a prisoner this morning, of Satan and you came into here unsaved there's only one can open the door and that's Jesus Christ he's the might and he's the power and he breaks the bonds the bounds the irons of cancel sin and sets the prisoner free are you free this morning how did you walk in this church were you able to say, I, there's a verse I'm always saying in my heart. I used it with Dave this morning as we prayed together. Whosoever the Son shall make free, he's free indeed. Free! Who 
can explain the word freedom? We talk about the United States being free and countries being free and people being free. We're not free. No nation has free people. We never should be free to do as we please. Our freedom is in Christ. It frees my mind completely. I haven't one single solitary concern about life or death or the future because it's all bound up in my love for Jesus and that's it. There's a great warrior warring against us. But thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. For greater is he that dwells in your breast, the Holy Spirit, than he that is in the world, the God of this world, the Prince of Darkness. For God, by faith in Jesus, has translated you and me who believe on Jesus out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear Son. Have you been translated? Man, I should see such a radiance on your face and a smile and a joy because you have individual peace. There's no peace in this world, and Jesus said there never would be. I don't know why, as Christians, we keep crying, what's wrong with the world? You ought to know what's wrong with the world. The king is not here. And the world will never be right until the king comes. Then we'll have the divine ruler set up his great and wondrous millennial kingdom, and he will rule with a rod of iron. And righteousness shall reign in the earth. What a moment. Women, you'll be able to walk the streets because there'll be, what, no night there. Sin, gone. No abominable thing can enter there. And oh, this is the hope the joy that we have. Yes, Satan is our adversary. That's the meaning of his name. The meaning of the name devil, do you know what the meaning of the name devil is? Accuser. Don't you remember when it says, the devil appears before the throne of God, and what does he do? He accuses what? The brethren, you see. He says, are these your children? Look at how terribly they act. Well, I hope, beloved, you understand. And remember, there's a Satan warring against your soul, a terrible, terrible adversary, an accuser, and he's looking to plunge you into sin, to drag you away from your love for Jesus, to bring it to a coldness, to take your spirit and douse it with his own terrible life of sin and drown you in perdition, though you're saved, so that Christ one day will have to say, you were a failure, but your soul is saved because you had faith in me. Jesus will have to do that with some people. He'll have to redeem them, though their lives aren't worth redemption, but because they're sons, he loves them whether they're black sheep or not. 
And oh, that you might have what? Victory. Victory. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. For the only possibility for you to have the joy of the Lord and have a radiant smile upon your face is to have victory. Because there are no saints of God who are defeated and joyous at the same time. May I say it again? There are no saints of God who are defeated in their personal lives, depressed, disjointed, despairing. There are no saints who can have the joy of the Lord unless they experience God give it to us. We are more than conquerors through him that loves us. Come on, where's that radiant smile? Hey, Christian, show it. The world will never get saved. Your friend will never get saved. Your husband will never get saved. Your wife will never get saved. The children will never get saved until you, mom and dad, and young folks, you begin to show the radiance of Jesus Christ in your life moment by moment by moment. Make God do it. Let us pray. Father, we thank Thee for Thy blessed Word. Bless it to our hearts. Lord, may we realize that we're in a great conflict. It's a cosmic war. It's a much more terrible war than the war in Vietnam. Much more terrible than the world wars we've seen and the war which is yet to come because it involves the two great spiritual powers of the universe. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And then that one he created, Lucifer, who fell became the serpent and the dragon and the great deceiver, Beelzebub. We think of all the names he is. And then we think of his cohorts in the last days when he forms that trinity, that unholy trinity, the Antichrist and the false prophet, and attempts to duplicate on this, work, on this earth the work of God. But oh, we're so thankful, Lord, that one day you're coming and victory will be yours. But victory can be ours right now. Father, give victory to souls this morning. Give them victory over the great arch enemy of the church and the great arch enemy of souls who have been redeemed. Bless each one, we pray. And if anyone here is outside of Christ, oh, Father, let them not go until they've received him as personal Savior. And if while our heads are bowed, you're doing that, you're really saying, Lord, come into my heart and be my Savior. Cleanse away my sin. If you're doing that, beloved, I would ask you to do one thing. I want you as you leave this church to take a card and put your name upon it and put down on the bottom, saved, and this date right now that we're here, July 
are left. And give it to the usher as you go out. Father, we pray that many will be so led this morning. In Jesus' blessed name, amen.